Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Marcel and Ben are back to discuss the upcoming parallel event in Lechzers this coming weekend. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since the Solden race and we've had a few races decide that they're not going to turn up for this parallel. Gentlemen, what do you make of the upcoming races? Uh, well, you would seem by the amount of people not racing that parallels aren't as much fun as uh, we like to think they are. I mean, obviously, I don't know, like the Swiss saying they're going to protest against it. I mean, that's a bit ridiculous. Well, what are they saying? I think they, some, I, I read somewhere that they said that they're not skiing because they think it's a stupid discipline, which they might be true. They might not be true, but I feel don't, like... Don't you talk bad about the parallels? I mean, I mean, the World Championship parallel, that was rubbish, I have to say. But this is like, this is very close to home. And I feel like last year, that was fine. Like, it was actually a good event. Like, we all, I, I remember we all said it was a good event because it's like... Fairly, fairly similar um, in terms of like the red and the le- and the blue course. I mean the the world champ the world champs parallel was like a farce. Like that was rubbish. Let's be honest. Yeah, but then Lech was really good last year, and they spent so much money making it all even. I thought I kind of thought this was going to be the start of you know people embracing it. I, I guess the fact is that there's only one of them in in the uh, calendar this year. Not even there's not even one at World Cup Finals. There's obviously the team parallel at World Cup Finals. So again, it's sort of like the Alpine combined. Like Fizz don't seem to really be taking it seriously. So why do the athletes? Because it's not there for. There's no globe for it. It counts towards the overall globe for World Cup points. But I don't know. They Fizz seem. It's you know they're putting their you know money and resources behind doing it. Yet then they're putting one on the calendar, and therefore the athletes aren't like you know. We're going to carry on concentrating on the other races. I mean, the guys who are not skiing, they probably don't need any cash because it's the same price money. So if anyone's a bit short for crash, it's got to go for it. Yeah, yeah some opportunities are right. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one because, like you said, with there only being one, there's only one set of points. And you think how much energy you have to expend to win those 100 points. You've got the qualifying and then you've got the, however many races it takes to get to the final. And, you know, obviously Marcel will know and we are asking him about it at the World Cup Finals, how hectic it is for the for the tech men trying to sort out how many pairs of skis you need as well. You know, it's so much effort for, for one medal or one, you know, podium and one check uh, and one set of points. If, if you're not going to make it worthwhile for, for the athletes, you know, we've, we've talked about Schifrin's workload enough times on this podcast already. Is it worth six or eight runs of your time plus all of the travel and, and, and everything you'll get from that when you could just, you know, get those points another weekend during the season when you're better rested. The title battles, I think, are going to be so close, especially the overall is going to be so close this season. I, I don't know, you see likes of Pantero still doing it, taking advantage of, you know, Ojemat not being there. We've got a big list of, of people that are not going to be there. But I think, it. I don't know, the, the, the guys, maybe it's slightly different because they're off to North America straight away afterwards. For the ladies, they are, the tech ladies are off to, um, levy so it's not you know that's not a big trip so it's not like they're gonna you know the men have gone over to take advantage of some decent conditions over in North America for the speed races come back for Lexus and then go back over again so it just doesn't seem like it's really that it's not loved by Fizz so therefore it's not loved by the athletes but the thing is like if you think about it this is like the best time to have this race because they're two weeks, they've had two weeks time to train or and rest after Sultan. And I don't know, the next speed races and levy, like they're still 
a bit like ahead so it's you have enough time you should be having enough time i get like if you have like five races in in seven days somewhere in like the middle of the season to not do it that's fair enough but i feel like there, there should be i mean it's a bit of a shame because i i I do think I do think that race yesterday uh, last year was very good in Lech and I, I deserves the best people to be there but you know what anyone who isn't there that's going to be forgotten on, on Saturday anyway there will be a winner someone's taking the 100 points and some good prize money yeah it was thrilling last year especially at the ladies race you know with Maltzan losing out slightly to Lahova um, yeah it was a pretty decent spectacle but Shall I run through the list of did not start that have already said that they're not going to be starting? So yeah. we've got no... So these athletes are not starting. Schifrin, Blahova, Robinson, Brunoni, Goggia, Waller, Warley, sorry, Odomat, Mayar, Mauricier, Kavietzel, Kilda, Brathen, Fossolovag, and Fellas. They're not starting through choice. And then we've got a few more injuries, which we've got to talk about. Alex Tilly, GB's superstar, picked up a career best in Solden and then breaks her ankle in training for this event. So that's a real shame. I, th- I guess the only plus side for Alex is it's a broken bone. So there's potential that she'll still get back in time. It's just a, a case of form for um, Beijing for the games. But not so lucky is Roland Lighting. <laughs> picks up his first ever podium and then does his ACL. Uh, no Schwartz, he broke his ankle as well. I mean, Schifrin's not starting anyway, but she's got a bad back, but it sucks. It sucks <laughs> picking up injuries this early. And for an ACL, you know, season right off Olympic Games, no thank you. Uh, at least the broken bones have got a potential chance in getting to the Games. Well, Schwartz, they seemed quite calm with they said they would be like but they said like six to eight weeks marcel was the, the first report on that i don't know if it will be that but it it was surprisingly short when i read the report i was like oh that, that's that's quite positive there won't be too many tech races between now and then for him to, to race in yeah i mean like obviously breaking your ankle is not that bad because like once it's fairly healed you you're in the ski boot anyway so it's not like like a broken leg i think so they i think they were expecting six weeks which I, i'm pretty sure he's going to come back probably even earlier so he's not really missing out on any problem well maybe on one or something but he needs to be he needs to be ready for january because that's when the slaloms are happening anyway mm. so that's really yeah well just get you know catch madonna and stuff by christmas maybe i guess madonna and and uh, out of the deer worse for like a speed skier to hurt himself right now because then the season will basically be gone yeah. with all the speed races coming up um so he's probably like he's lucky in an unlucky situation i guess but obviously the list is growing and i'm sure unfortunately it will be growing even more after the next couple of weeks um as it as it happens usually so it's tough. it is tough i mean um i don't know it's interesting i was just thinking about it breaking your ankle there's two broken ankles in that happened within ski boots yeah i mean the, the first one is Schwarz, like he was straddling and you probably straddle a thousand times during your career and that one time you just it's just, just the forces are wrong unfortunate and then you're you're breaking it but i think like a broken ankle obviously as bad as an injury is in in general i don't think like a broken in a broken ankle is like a proper injury um it is obviously a problem oh. <laughs> it's not proper injury <laughs> it's not even a real one <laughs> don't, don't even count that one. <laughs> like if you if you 
if you tear your ACL or you rip your patella off or you break your leg or whatever, it's a lot worse than like a broken ankle. I mean, it sounds stupid for someone who doesn't ski, but <laughs> it's classic. It's classic I'm, Austrian I'm, outlook on it, isn't it? It's not that I'm, bad. Just get on with it. Just... I'm not sure what I'm more concerned about: the fact that it's not that bad an injury, or Marcel, the GS specialist, struggled thousands of times. I'm <laughs> <laughs> slightly concerned how we got to that position. <laughs> yeah, why? That's that's the reason why I only did GS because I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken a very adventurous line to be straddling those GS panels. I did it once and then never again. Uh. <laughs> Honestly, straddling a GS gate is about the most painful thing. Maybe less painful than straddling, straddling uh, a, a downhill or a two-pitchy gate, but doing that is incredibly painful. I can tell you that. <laughs> Happened multiple times. I don't know what. The tiger line, taking that to the extreme. I think that may, <laughs> may be a little too adventurous. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I thought after the crash. I'm like, maybe that was a bit too tight on the gate. I remember doing a couple of, um, I used to call them 50-50s. You know, when you got really late, it happened in Super G a couple of times, and you got really late and you just sort of, you get, you basically just chuck it out there and, and hope for the best. And uh, and I kind of, I always sort of nicknamed them 50-50s. A couple of times they, they worked out, but, you know, equally, a couple of times they didn't. I remember tipping, I tipped a Super G gate bent my skis, chipped my teeth, and just absolutely nailed it. I'm so, what a British, what a British thing to like name it a 50-50 and actually doing it as well. I'm Charlie, that's exactly what Charlie does. It's like basically always a 50-50 for him. <laughs> Reposo. It's a bit early in the pod to be bashing Reposo already, isn't it? It was just a good opportunity, so I thought I'm just going <laughs> to take it. it. What do you think with these, that list that you read out then of people who just don't want to race? Obviously, Marcel said that the Swiss have said they don't think it's a real event. or, they, or we'll have, we'll, It's definitely find, real. It's on the we calendar. Might have, we might have to find a, the, the actual quote so that we don't misrepresent the entire Swiss Federation on that one. But Isn't that what we do anyway? <laughs> do it. normally it's normally it's a bit more accidental than that when we do it myself uh, <laughs> just me normally just making outrageous comments about stuff that just definitely isn't true so those are those are a lot of the biggest names in in the sport at the moment you know you would think fit and the athletes representatives are, are talking about this about that you know we're gonna we're only doing one of these a season how can we make it work for you because there's i mean it's devaluing the event with that list of names not being there. As you know, yes, okay, if you're someone like Schifrin and you might be in every single race of the season. Yeah, but also, she always... she's, also, she's gone home. You know, it's yeah. I think it's different for the North Americans. There's a big time difference between Solden and uh, and Lech. So for those guys going home, I think it makes sense. But I mean, she had a nice she had a nice time in New York with Kilda, so maybe that was. <laughs> It's, it is quite frustrating. I mean, obviously, like you said last year, we saw with the likes of Mozart, it does mean you can have people breaking through onto the scene and you could get a good sight of some people that can be excited to talk about the rest of the season. But it is, it's, it's quite, I find it quite disappointing that they're showing that kind of disrespect, that, that many people showing that much disrespect to one event. It's, I don't know, it just it doesn't it doesn't quite feel right. I feel like we need to send Marcel out there to race him. Maybe it needs to be closer to maybe it needs to be like the next weekend after Solden, because pretty much every single name on that list, apart from Kilda, raced and and Fossolva, because he obviously doesn't race GS, but they raced in Solden. So maybe it's a case of actually if you wanna, you know, get the most amount of people there, you make Solden 
you know, not it's, I mean, obviously it's the following weekend, but not just like a standalone weekend event and then a break and then another one and then another break and then the next race sort of thing. It's maybe it's a case of, you know what, if we make two Austrian races back to back, I'm not sure exactly how far is left from Solden. I mean, not that it really matters because you've got a week or something, an hour hour and a half, maybe. So they're in the same region of Austria. So maybe, maybe something like that simple, I don't know how Lech, by the look of the um, cameras and stuff, they had snow plenty early enough to be able to run that earlier. But maybe, obviously, this is a good year for snow, so maybe it's not as quite as simple as that. But I, I think you're right, Ben. It's quite frustrating, especially for the especially for the Euros that are not doing it. On the women's side, more so than the men, because of North America straight away afterwards. I don't know. I mean, it's such a tricky one. And obviously, I feel like the Swiss gone a bit off the rails here. Um, they're protesting and some... Can't even go for the speed races, etc. It's a, it's the second race of the year. Do not Rick, blooming sticking in protest right now. Come on, let's get up for the season. I know. I mean, we're all excited to watch it, and and they don't really see, which is a bit annoying. Yeah, but maybe you know you're right. Leave the door open for other people. Look at Maltzan burst on, burst, excuse me, onto the scene, didn't she last time? So got opportunity for that. I mean, of the, I guess those types of people who I mean obviously he's already had a fairly epic first weekend but is do we know if River Adamus is coming over I feel like he's got the kind of mentality and and style that could be quite fun for a a, a night of head-to-head racing I don't know uh, <laughs> it's the honest answer I really hope list. so what yeah, else does he have to do like he's he's more of a GS specialist anyway yeah, but he didn't. He um he likes the speed as well. He likes a bit of super G, especially. So I don't know. I'd hope I'd hope that the but young it, guns they send the young guns in. You know, great opportunity. But the thing is, like, there's not there's not that much training going. So maybe different for the Americans because they probably can train in Copper Mountain. But I don't think any Europeans are gonna go over there to train. And the first downhill training in in Lake Louis is not until it's not for another two weeks. So like, what else is there to do? You play some PlayStation instead, or I don't know. The Norwegians, they're out in Copper Mountain as well. They've got maybe they've got a special link now with the Americans, don't they? Maybe they're allowed to. You, <laughs> you know, think they've, told, they've struck told, a deal. You think they've told Kilda to get uh, relationship <laughs> yeah. so they can get Copper Mountain? Yeah, put in a good word so we can ski on Copper Mountain, please. Yes, take one for the teammate. <laughs> staying staying I mean, well clear of this part of the conversation. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I mean. It's good training. That is honestly like the best training there. I think, I mean, obviously most people can only train on the glaciers now with like travel restrictions during the summer. And we always went to Copper Mountain as well. And it's, it's unbelievable. It's like really, really well prepared. You, I mean, obviously it's quite high up there, like altitude wise. So it's, it's quite exhausting, but that's about the best place you can train. And I think the Norwegians and the Americans have like a big advantage doing that. I don't know if anyone else can go there. I'm sh- I'm, well, I think, I mean, it's, it would be sensible almost for the Americans to say no, really. I mean, take advantage of, you know, everybody else does it. Everybody else skis on their home hills and stuff, don't they? I mean, if you can, aff- if you can afford to, to say no to the money sort of thing, it'd be quite, quite a handy advantage like you say with only glaciers really open through the summer a lot of people are going to be going into the season with you know glacier speed skiing which is it's decent but it's what a third of the length of a normal speed run if you're skiing on Zermatt or Sassway 
and also like the ski testing and stuff is a lot different on a glacier than it is on like on North American snow specifically. So it will it will be interesting to see the the first couple of training runs in in um, Lake Louis. We will see probably some people who thought, "God, I'm good this year." <laughs> Surprising <laughs> themselves. Surprise, surprise! Um, five seconds behind. Oh God! I think it's going to be tricky this year. I mean, it was obviously not as tricky last year because they couldn't go to North America. And it's it's a, you know that better than anyone. It's very specific there, isn't it? Yeah, the snows the snow is very different when you when you go over there, especially more so in in um, Beaver Creek than Lake Louise. I think I guess it's just the altitude in uh, Beaver Creek makes it just hyper aggressive. I loved it. That snow was wicked, but um, yeah, it's uh, 50s came out in, in Beaver Creek. 50 50. 50, 50. <laughs> no, you know, they, were the, they were the only times they worked. I was going far too slowly. Snow. I was going far too slowly for 50 50s in Beaver Creek. <laughs> <laughs> they were like 98 twos. <laughs> far too slowly in Beaver Creek. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the speed stuff getting underway. Hell yeah. Put me in, coach. Actually, don't put me in because I've I had a I woke up with a bad back having done nothing. What is that all about? What is that? I literally woke up with a bad back. I've been hobbling around like a 90-year-old all day today. You need to get a mattress sponsor. Oh, That's what you need. Dude, dude, I'm 35, 35. Yeah, what is that all about? Only another 30 years till retirement, mate. That's all right. <laughs> I will not be retired at 35. I'm far too poor to be doing that. It's giving up work at that age. I just think of them people like uh, Cuse and Armot, and they were still dominating well yeah but at least they got some bank at least they got some bank for their buck do you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) but they were they were also still able to compete at the highest level and you are struggling to get out of bed yeah mate tell me about it but i miss those guys they were so good they were actually my idols legends would they have turned up to do a parallel hell yeah are you trying to keep them away from it any day of the week they would have done that and they would have crushed it yeah and they probably would have done it drunk (laughs) <laughs> still one Bodie Miller would have definitely done it drunk <laughs> they probably did <laughs> oh the good old days straight lace that they are nowadays Ben what you you were saying you wanted to bring up Fizz's latest announcement I just thought seeing as there wasn't anything else to talk about and no one wants to race this weekend um, the, uh, yeah Fizz announced I think it was this morning based on when the uh, news report came out that after They've obviously been listening to podcasts as well after we spent all that time bashing them for not being as climate conscious as they claim to be. Uh, they, they've announced that they want to become uh, the first climate positive winter sport, um, which I'm not entirely sure what that means. But based on a very quick read of the press release, it seems like they've done a quite intensive review of what they think the climate footprint of or the climate footprint, carbon footprint of all of the basically season's worth of fist events is. Um, and they're doing some work in uh, Peru uh, and other parts of uh, the Amazon area to stop deforestation and support local communities um, in, in an effort to, uh, uh, I guess, combat the uh, amount of carbon that the ski racing world emits. I mean, I guess Elias, like he bought some piece of, of rainforest um, a couple of years back, so he's probably quite keen on it. And I, I think that's a great idea. But are they also calculating in the races in China when they do the carbon footprint, or is that like something they left out? It says it did say for the entire uh, kind of tour and ev- all the events that FIS are involved in. So you you, you would presume so. Um, but I mean, I guess we spent a lot of time. I mean, there was some slight 
controversial comments by the previous FIS president kind of saying they didn't think global warming was was real. So this is kind of like a big step in the opposite <laughs> direction to, to try and, uh, you know, I, I guess combat that. And at least hopefully it means FIS is, is taking it seriously. I mean, we've all just talked about training on glaciers at various times and all it, all it takes is casting your mind back to when you're a kid to go into one of those glaciers and just seeing that sheer size difference in how many runs used to be there when you were you know when we were single figures and you know 30 years later uh there's you know you know half the glaciers left that was there when we were kids so i mean you know it's good that the sport's doing something and you know you, you need to pay attention to this kind of stuff because it's going on in the rest of the world and you can't be oblivious to it and if you want the sport to exist you kind of still need winters you still need snow no, look at that. Topical as well as informative. Ben, you've just got, you know, newsman now as well to your growing list of accolades. That was really the best single thing anyone has ever said on this podcast. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I'm, not even I'm not even joking here. That was like some real valuable stuff. The conscience of the ski racing podcast. Maybe, maybe you should be actually the, I don't know, the climate ambassador for the fist or something. Like you would bring it across as it actually matters, which it does. So I think you will be very good at that. Just Let's saying. put them forward. You've got a good relationship. Yeah, you, with your you're mates with the president of this. Put, yeah, put, put the word in. I might actually send him a message. Just be like, I have a guy who's a weatherman and an ambassador for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put him in. <laughs> Don't ask him to pick any races though. <laughs> he doesn't know a thing about ski racing though. And I, t- I tell him, if you if you don't do anything for the climate, you will be racing on the dry slopes in the UK in, in 25 years. And then we'll be making some comebacks. Then we'll be making some comebacks. If Ed can get out of bed, he'll be making a comeback. Yeah. I'll get out of bed. I'm not sure I can make it out of the car. Not with his back. It's gone. <laughs> Shall we get on to try to predict uh, some races for this weekend? You guys ready? This yeah, could be a bit hit and miss. Laugh because I'm leaving anyway. So, yeah, you're 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 the big you're big cheese. You're leader of the table. Oh, before before I go, we've had a couple of issues with the website. So the leaderboard, I'm told, will be up by the time that you guys are listening to this. So you can see just how well you performed after Solden. Uh, for me, I'm quite happy that it's not been up so that no one's quite seen how badly I've done, but still better than Ben, not quite as good as Marcel. So I'm very suspicious that it's not up when you're not doing that well. It's like always the same thing with you. It's like, oh, it's not up yet. I need to do some more calculations on it. <laughs> I've got I've got the Ed factor just to put in there. The factor of ten. <laughs> yeah. you know, they, you know, they, yeah, I was going to say you know, this was the, the F number or whatever it was. It used to be for your C points or whatever. Yeah, it's now the Ed factor. <laughs> so... Well, by the end of the, by the end of the year, you need a, like a multiplicator times two because then it's like when you come even close to oh, Billy Big Billy Big Balls chat from you, Marcel. <laughs> you, you wait, you flipping wait. I mean, here's he did here's the reigning champion. Like, and I have the trophy yeah. right here. Well, not right here, but I have it here. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, you've got our you should, you, you should you've be, got our loser trophy. <laughs> you should be drinking from that every time we record, Marcel. It should be a requirement. Oh, trust me, I do. Right, anyway. Champagne. Right, Benjamin. Yes. Do you want to kick us off as you are str- struggling after week one? I'm, I'm struggling to work out who is and isn't racing. This is the hard part. Well, you can't um, or so. 
Yeah, Tessa's because... definitely not racing. Yeah, she. And I don't think bad. you know any other French ladies. Not any that do GS now. No one does slalom, but that's about it. Um, so, did we say Maltzan was racing? She, obviously, she'd be the next favourite based on last year's results if she's I racing. Assume, I assume she's right. It's an assumption because she's not on my list of not racing. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm going to change it. That would be too obvious. I'm going to go Leansberger. Uh, oh. So you're going, are you writing this down? Someone's yeah. going to pay attention. You're also the um, what guy that takes notes. What are they called in meetings? You, you go to meetings. Uh, a minute taker. Yeah, you're the minute man. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh... <laughs> yeah, quick. we'll quickly gloss over that one. I am going to take a punt on Goot because I hope she's racing. Even after Marcel said the Swiss are trash talking this event. Yeah, but Gooch, she's her own she's her own woman. Okay. But that means you've left the possible favourite for Marcel. Who's the possible favourite? I presume Maltzan's in the person who podium last year. That's true. All right. I can you maybe cut this bit out because I need to look at the list from last year. I'm definitely leaving it in. I haven't got the ability to cut. I'm not that smart. I'm you know, fairly I'm- sure it last year was um Funny enough, I'll actually go for Paula Molson and I'm going to win. <laughs> I'm going to win. Actually, Lara Good, Lara Good got third last year. So even though your decision was not based on any knowledge that you've had, but you, it was a good guess, mate. A good guess. Better yeah. to be lucky than good, eh, mate? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're going Malta. No one's going Bassino because she's going to be on a bit of a mission, isn't she, after uh, DNFing in Selden? Sarah Hector got fourth as well last year. So she, yeah, and she was 12th in the first round. So actually, I did do my research. So thank you. What what are going to be our rules for if none of these people end up racing? Zero points. Uh, Apart from for me, and I get 10 points. (laughs) (laughs) If there's an official start list put out, uh, everybody everybody else gets to enter their picks by the, the start of the qualification on on the saturday so i don't know i guess we can if, if these people we'd find out that these people don't race then you get you can uh re-pick i do an instagram shout out pick yeah. um right. on friday evening when you the start list comes you, out. you're locked in now so you unless unless they yeah, don't yeah, race yeah. you can't change I need to be a dns okay then ben on to the gentleman who will be racing the second day I'm gonna go Matthew Favre. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the ski racing podcast if you didn't pick one French athlete. I mean, yeah, true. Uh, they they have an uncanny ability to let me down. So let's see if that continues. <laughs> I've got. A f- uh, Marcel, are you gonna are you gonna pick the obvious one here? You are, aren't you? Look I'm at. Not, him. I'm not gonna tell you anything. What I will do. You're definitely you're definitely gonna pick because uh, I've got. A, I'm not quite sure on my pick. But I, I don't want to give there, you. There are a couple of people in there that you can definitely pick. It's Pertle got fourth last year. Yeah, I'm not picking him though. Schmidt got third. I'm thinking. Said, I'm no. thinking German. I'm thinking either Lut- Stefan Lutz or Schmidt, and I'm just not quite sure which. Can I just say German? Yeah, I think I can. Can I? I've just checked. We've, I've just checked we've, with we've, the adjudicator. The adjudicator says that's absolutely fine. We, you've got an unfortunate history of picking entire nations for ski races um, in races other than uh, international parallel uh, slaloms. I'm going to say, I'm oh, gonna, European I'm, probably wins. I'm going to go Schmidt. I'm going to go Schmidt. Fine, Pintero. I knew you were going to go with ah, the obvious one. I got you. I got him, finally. 
he's gonna win. I mean, uh, well, I I had him last time, uh, and he was rubbish. Uh, so yeah. that's it. You, that's it. Bridges burnt for Ben. Yeah. The thing is, like, you jinxed him as you do with Tefra. So, <laughs> so it's just fair enough if I'll take him. So that's cool. uh, was, there's, some, there's some other good options in there. Kranjek, Zubchic, Brensteiner. Zubchic got only 10th last year. Kranjic, who actually he, he got me some points already this year, so maybe. Yeah, Christofferson was second last year, wasn't he? He was. It was a. It was actually a good battle between the Pintra and. and I think, if memory serves you, I might be doing a bit of disservice. I think the top one one half of the draw was pretty brutal, wasn't it? I do remember us saying, "Oh, maybe Christofferson's found, you know, what what he needs because he looked really like it was a really close race with with, with Pantro last year, and then again he he kind of tailed off and was having equipment of... problems all year. Yeah, I mean um, that was the sort of battle we were hoping for and expecting through you know those two to have a right little ding dong like, and uh... like, got us excited for the entire season and then Odomat just went hold my beer. Uh <laughs> you know like, our last podcast we haven't actually talked about Christopherson whatsoever. What, what can I say? He, if... he didn't kick off. He didn't kick off did he in Solden? I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, you know. I think I, once, once you hit we... that once he hits that stage of resignation, I hope he hasn't hit that yet. I did mention him on the last one. I said, do you reckon Hirsch has hit him up to see if he wants to use his new ski brand? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, funny, oh. enough, funny enough, Hirsch, he said that he sold all of his first tranche of skis already. So good for him. Or to Christopherson, or? <laughs> Probably. They're on the same marker bindings, aren't they? Isn't, isn't Christopherson picking up the marker binding, you know, re, recolouring? to fit whatever other ski people are on? I, I mean, look, uh, what you want to say about this, right? I don't, I, mean, even, it, I don't even know if that's legal or not. Like, I don't know if you can do that. I mean, I remember talking to some boot guys about it and, and sort of them being pretty pissed off about it. Like the fact that these, you know, people are skiing in rosy boots, they're paying up. Do you remember um, Andre Murrah did it, didn't he? he didn't, he was on head and I'm sure he was, rumor was that he was on a, on a Lang that had been repainted. <laughs> I can't remember, um, but I'm sure. Like, obviously, I guess here, sure, I don't know, like, what he did, but I'm sure he tried to mimic other skis as well, and I don't know how. Ultimately, if you buy them, I mean, it, it, you can ski on whatever you want, can't you, if you buy it? I don't think you can, because in, in Austria, it's like, obviously, it's different, but you have, like, a pool where you, yeah. you say, okay, I'll ski on those skis and those boots, and then you can't really change them. Because they pay like money, obviously, to to be able to give skis to people. Yeah, which is, I guess why they color them, why they color them in to get their felt tips out. Yeah, but I don't think you are allowed. So if you if you color something, I don't think you're allowed to do that. It needs to, or at least you can't put your logo on it. So if you color something, you then can't, you can't put like a, if you have a Fisher boot, you can't put like a head up or an atomic logo, or whatever on it. Yeah, no, um, I mean it makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah, you know. You made your, bed, you made your bed lie in it sort of thing in terms of which equipment you're on. But So I agree that you shouldn't be able to, but I guess it's quite hard to prove, isn't it? Maybe isn't I never realised you could have so many excuses for why you're not skiing the way you want to. I wish I'd known this when I was racing. I've had way more excuses <laughs> than I'm rubbish. Um, but the thing is, I'm, like, I'm not good enough. Instead, it would have been, oh, I'm using the wrong bindings on these skis uh, and I need to go complain in the factory about it. <laughs> I think it's quite hard to actually to to know if the ski is like 
from which brand and whatever it is because you would like you just it's more on the inside like it's how the wood and like how the like the radius is calculated and where like where is like the the most like the broadest bit where it's like the the narrowest bit of the ski and like obviously that affects like how you ski and how the ski goes around the corner um or around the gate and i think that's like i mean it's 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 uh it's physics or whatever like there is so much you can do like they obviously invest a lot of money and time in that but i don't think you can see it much with a ski but obviously other stuff like if someone goes on a market finding and puts like a different color on it i that's pretty obvious like let's be honest um yeah, especially if you're supposed to be on a look binding or a rosin your binding. I mean, they're quite distinctive, aren't they, with those uh, the setups of them? Yeah, they are. Um, what's quite what's quite strange is when if you think about it, when Christopherson was absolutely certainly in slalom when him and Hirsch were having those battles, he wasn't. It, they, no one said a huge amount about how much he was messing with his equipment. Then he just obviously he was getting the top of line stuff from Rosie, but he just turned up and raced. He would have had a ton of sets of them, but he. He, he wasn't messing around anywhere near as much. It seems like the more yeah. he's messed around has coincided with this kind of consistent drop in form. Whereas when he just turned up and raced, it was just, as far as we were concerned, not the same pair of skis, but had what he wanted and just got on with it. I mean, Kranjic is on Rosignol and he got third in, in Selden, so they can't be that bad. I don't, yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know that there's, that much of a problem he's just mm. and, and if you can't get to grips with whatever it is they're doing with the skis and you're not powerful enough to make them change the construction of the skis um you know to to suit you better then try something else you know it's not like he's a nobody other other ski companies will still pay him a fair amount of money even just because they know that they'll get that finish area strop when at least the skis will be in the shop um, yes it's hard though isn't it because i think a lot of you can easily get caught up tinkering and, and everybody gets caught up tinkering. I mean, well, not everybody, but, and then people use it as excuses, don't they? And I think some people go into it, you know, Oh, this ski doesn't work that well in this type of snow. And it's just, it's isn't it? I mean, look, I, I totally agree that sometimes skis don't work on like a certain surface or like a certain thing, but obviously the ski companies are doing a lot of testing. And I, I, I I probably was guilty as well of maybe finding an excuse, but looking back at stuff, like I do, I do genuinely think like excuses are the worst nightmare of an athlete because it just doesn't put you any, anywhere close to solving whatever the problem is. So he, I mean, that's just my two cents. I think he should be actually focusing on other stuff. And the thing is like, he's, he, I mean, he wasn't even skiing that bad, which is, which is probably, <laughs> which is probably making it not easier for him, I guess. Um, I mean, he looks he looks good when he skis, but maybe it's just like tightening up the line or being a bit more powerful in the turns or I don't know. It could be a thousand things, but I highly doubt it's just the skis. No, I think a lot of it was I I I put a lot of it down to pressure that was probably put on you know he put on himself, and I don't know what maybe maybe this year will be different because he's probably not got quite that same level of expectation potentially. Yeah, or he or he has even more expectations on himself, you know, because he comes from. I mean, how many races did he win? Like fifteen. Um, yeah, but he didn't. You know, he's he didn't have a bumper season last year, and he's obviously not got off to winning ways this season. So maybe you know we didn't see those finished drops that we've seen in, in previous races. So maybe it's a case of actually, do you know what? That's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try something else. I'm not gonna you know try and be that you know not everybody's looking at me all of the time anymore. 
Well, I hope she is. I mean, if you look at his, if his profile is quite interesting, it's like second, second, third, second, second, second. And it's always Hirsch ahead of him. And then you have like other people like Pintero and, and Kilda being better than... It's a tough one. It's mentally very tough, I think. When, you, when, you're, when you're touted as you know, somebody that's going to start dominating the sport like he was of those couple of seasons ago, and then to not be there... I don't know. That's going to take. That's going to take a while for that to reset. Even if, you know, to to anybody, let alone somebody I mean, that's yeah. on his sleeve. So he's, what are they saying on his World Cup st- stats is 172 starts, 65 podiums, 23 wins. Like you would think, when you're at that level, like you would have that. I guess a bit more belief in your own. Yeah, but uh, I get that, you know, ability. that's not a lot of, cha- it's probably changed in terms of those stats apart from his starts, really, in the last couple of seasons. I mean, if you looked at those stats when Hirscher was still racing, they would be, you know, considerably better because he's gone through a couple of seasons where he's not been picking up the same podium ratio that he used to before. So, Well, let's yeah. say one season. Like, the season before he won the Plalom and the GS title, so it's not that bad. No, of course not. But I, it's hard, isn't it? I think when you expect, when everyone is expectant and he didn't, and he was expectant to dominate. You do, then, I, I, said, I quite like the fact that he wasn't chucking his crap around in the finish area. I quite, I quite enjoyed the fact that he seems to be taking it a bit You'd more. love when he throws this drop because it gets you all riled up. I thought <laughs> something was missing when he didn't do it. I was like, what's going on here? Way too one? calm. Need somebody else. Somebody else has got to start chucking their helmet around. I'm sure we'll find someone who's doing it. Henrik, if you listen, you can do it. He's always listening to this because he loves our banter. He loves the positive spin we put on his career, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, any of us would have would chew your arm off to. Uh, I'd give an arm and a leg for the career, and I'd give my back. I've already given it away for, for much less. For free, basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers, lads. Uh, until next time, bye for now. <laughs>